Hello, friends, and welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. I am your host, Rachel Mansfield, who is living the very glamorous life sitting on the floor. And I'm sitting on the floor of my closet right now because we are all still quarantined right now. And I am home with my husband and my 15-month-old, actually, yeah, Ezra turned 15 months yesterday, 15-month-old son, Ezra. And I needed a quiet space. So the closet floor it is. I tried the bathroom and I was a little too echoey. So I'm going to stick with my nice closet space. And it's actually making me see all the places in my closet that we need to uh, clean and dust a little bit. But anyways, welcome back to the show. In case you are new around here, my name is Rachel Mansfield and I am a cookbook author, recipe developer, podcast host, and currently someone who's just going crazy being home 24-7. And I was going to release these episodes, like the one last week with Sarah, uh, the founder of Y7, and this week's episode with Alex Nodgrass, the creator and recipe developer and cookbook author behind The Defined Dish. I was going to share all these after this quarantine time is over. And, you know, I received a lot of feedback from you guys that you're enjoying episodes and content and such that's almost a distraction from what's going on. You know, there's a lot of podcasts that are focusing on what to do in your quarantine, what to eat, how to sleep and how to breathe. And those are great. And I listen to a lot of the daily updates on those as well. But I do want to provide and give content that you guys are craving and interested in. So thank you so much for that feedback. And I will continue to do my best and give you guys some content that could help distract us from the current situation. So that leads me into today's guest, guest, which I briefly had just mentioned, Alex Snodgrass. I went down to, um, she was staying at a hotel down in the Bowery, blanking, I think it was the Ludlow, something like that. And it was the first time I ever met Alex in person. I have been following her relatively actually recently within the last year. And she has boomed this year. She is absolutely blowing up in the best way possible. She is a New York Times bestselling author of The Defined Dish, which are all of these amazing savory weeknight bite and bites and recipes, which she'll walk us through in the episode. And not only is she this extremely talented chef and I would say like accessible recipe chef in the kitchen. She's just one of the nicest humans. She is from Texas. She lives with her husband and their two beautiful daughters. And she is just such a joy to be around. Alex is actually co-hosting my Austin event with me, which should be happening in June. Um, we'll see. I'm taking that day by day. Um, but if don't worry if it's not in June, it will definitely be at some point in the foreseeable future. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do, please rate and review the podcast, share it with a friend. The ratings and the reviews, they seem so like menial and tedious and annoying that people ask for them. Believe me, I'm a huge podcast listener and I'm every time a host is like, please rate and review the podcast. In the past, before I had my own podcast, I did not rate a review. I didn't really care. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Other people doing it. But now that I have a podcast, guys, if you have a second, like when you're going to the bathroom, doing something, we all have a couple extra seconds these days, please rate and review the podcast. And if you do listen to it, screenshot it, share it on your stories. Let me know what you think. Definitely give Alex a follow. She is at The Defined Dish. Let us know if you make any of her recipes. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. 
I feel like we're like out for a romantic dinner though. We have this beautiful marble table. It's a red wine and some cheese. <laughs> like a gold rim. We're overlooking the beautiful man. Where are we? Um, I think we're looking at the east side. Yes, we are. Yeah, the east side. We're down in like the Bowery area at the Ludlow Hotel. This is like so fancy. <laughs> and I'm sitting here with Alex Snodgrass, the founder and amazing cookbook author. I was literally just like her publicist, like humping her. I was so excited for her, for her like cookbook <laughs> success. Um, but the creator of the Defined Dish, the blog and cookbook. You're so lucky that your cookbook got to be the same name as your blog. You didn't have to do like that creative. I know. I had ideation. a hard, I kind of had to push them on that one. I was just like, really? I don't really know what else to call it. Did they did they ask you if you wanted a different name? You know, they were just like trying to come up with some catchy name. And I was like, I don't know if we really need that. Why don't we just call it the defined dish and then just say that it's weeknight meals inside? Yeah. Very simple. That's crazy. <laughs> yes. Well. First of all, I just want to say congratulations for Thank Alex's you. like exploding right now with her cookbook and blog and congrats on the New York Times bestselling list. That Thank is you. very hard for cookbooks. So you it should be is. so proud of yourself. I am. Thank you so much. And, and thanks for having me. Of course. And Alex's husband, Clayton, was just here and he was trying to come on the podcast too. We do not <laughs> let him ever get on a mic. He was He'll regret it. <laughs> And you can see like, he's so proud of you too. And it's just, sure. it's been so amazing to see. So I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Um, So I'd love to backtrack a little bit and talk about how you got to where you are today. Like what made you start the Defined Dish? How long you've been doing this for? I started following you, I think in the last year. Yeah. So I'm like new to your like cult following. Yes. Um, well, I've been following but, yours for a really long time and I've oh, always loved you. your stuff. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yes. So start from like the beginning and your um, food journey. And so I started my blog originally. The Defined Dish was like a sister duo blog with my sister and I. Your and sister who's pregnant. Who's yeah. pregnant. Now. Okay. Yes. And she has her own blog now, but like she's younger than I am. And when we started... It was more of a, she had a fitness page because she was a, like a personal trainer at the time and she was right out of college. And she was sharing like fitness tips and little like workout videos on her Instagram handle. And I was always cooking and like sharing recipes like with her. And she was like, you should, we should start a blog and you can share your recipes on it and I'll share my fitness but How long tips. ago is this? This was probably like five or six years ago. And so we started one, but like when I say like we started one, like we weren't like taking it seriously. We weren't being consistent. Like we weren't, I, by any means trying to make it like a business thing at the time. And so we did that for two years and I got really into it and she kind of like wasn't that into it because it really quickly shifted to like food focused. And um, she was also got married and was about to plan a wedding. So she was like, I'm kind of over. I don't really want to do it anymore. Um, but if you want to keep doing it, like by all means, keep going. And that was kind of like my turning point of where I realized, okay, I, this brings me a lot of joy and it gives me a lot of purpose. And I was kind of struggling with anxiety at the time before I started my blog. And so I found that it like really made me happy. And I sat down with Clayton and we had like a long talk about it. And I was like, I think I'm going to put a little bit of money into like making my website work well, because it was absolutely like, just like, you Did know, you, like build it yourself on you know, for whatever. sure. Originally, yeah, it was, I mean, it was horrific. It was so ugly. My food pictures looked like I was in a dark cave. It was just all really ugly. And so I was like, all right, I need to like really try and really be consistent, like try to make this my business. And so that was a big turning point for me. And I felt like that was also, and that was probably about three, four years ago. 
Whenever Instagram stories came about, I don't know how many years oh ago gosh, that was. I was actually standing in an acupuncture place when Instagram stories came out. And I'm like, talk about something that's going to add more stress to me. Now I like love them. For They're sure. Amazing. It makes it so much that easier was... to share in like a really organic way. Yeah. And like, I'm not the type of person that was like, here, take a picture of me. Like, let's talk about this. Day. It was like just strictly food. And there was no emotion behind my page, I felt like. And so it was like this trifecta of when I started on my own without my sister and I redid the site. And I became more consistent and like tried hard, but also on top of it, Instagram stories came about. So it was just like this perfect storm for me going out on my own for people to start connecting with me on a different level of like just being another food Instagram page. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that was really, I feel like the birth of what the Defined Dish is today. So it's been like a probably, I would say four years. I don't count my work. I think on Instagram this. story was like four years ago. I think I've so been too. doing the math. Yeah. I, yeah. I need to look that up to know where I am in this. It's all <laughs> just, you know, it's a whirlwind. You don't know. Just before, I'm like, what year is it again? Like, yeah. I couldn't Who even remember. I? <laughs> I have no idea what day of the week is it. I blacked out for the last 10 years. I don't I know. know. <laughs> I don't blame you. So, were you working full time at when you started this? Or? So, um, I, so. A little bit about me, like on on to this journey too. I had graduated from college and moved to Austin. I worked at the Capitol for like a a state representative oh, um, for a session, and because I like thought I wanted to do politics, and I quickly realized like this is not the world that I want to be a part of. Like I'll be miserable. This isn't for me. But people that get into it like love it, and I wasn't that person. But it was a really great learning experience. And after that, I went and worked for a public affairs firm. And when I was twenty four. And Clayton and I were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. We'd been dating for years. We knew we were going to get married at some point, but we got pregnant. You uh, did? Yes. And that's why. Oh, my, is that why he just calls you like fertile Myrtle, basically, yeah, when yes. we were talking about We had a little oopsie baby in the best way, and she's everything. But that really shifted our lives at a young age where I probably would have stayed in Austin. We probably would have gotten married later. Like, we weren't in any hurry to do that. So we just kind of like, hit the brakes, moved back to DFW. I was all of a sudden a new mom and I was away from the public affairs world. So I was like, oh, what am I going to do next? Um, and so while I was pregnant, I went to real estate school and got my real estate license. That's the business that my dad's in and my mom's in. And so I thought, you know, I'll just start working for the family business. It makes sense. Then I can have a little bit more flexibility and kind of be a stay-at-home mom and also work. And so I did that for a while. And after I had set and I really struggled, I'd never had anxiety before in my life. I just like, I think it was because I was lost and I like everything just kind of turned really fast for me. And I just didn't really know what was for me next. Um, the anxiety struggles started to come. And that's like when my sister entered, like kind of was trying to help me. She's my best friend. And she was like, let's like, why don't you do a whole 30? I just did one. And like, I felt a lot of mental clarity. I wasn't really eating the healthy. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was just, I'm the type of person that's going to take care of everyone around me, but me. And so, um, a lot of that all kind of happened at the same time. And I feel like my blog saved me and the whole 30 was like a big, not necessarily just because the eating clean and eating whole 30 made me feel better, like mentally and the clarity. It was just that that 30 days made me realize like, oh, wow, I need to take care of myself. If I want to be a really healthy, active, energized mom and be who I want to be as a mom. And it was just like, okay, it's not selfish taking care of yourself. It's an essential. No, it is so true. And like, you can't take care of your family if you can't take care of it. You don't feel good about yourself. And I think it's really common for moms, especially postpartum to like have that like transitional phase Mm -hmm. where you're feeling a little lost. And like, I know for me personally, I 
postpartum for a while. And I don't really, I haven't opened up about that too much, but your whole, you just, I felt like I never really had anxiety. Yeah, I felt like so anxious. And yeah. I'm like, well, then what? And then this, and then like, well, what if this happens? The and fear. Yes. Yeah. The and fear it just overtook me. I was just like, literally like bedridden all the time. I was afraid of everything. And it just like slowly I've gotten over it over the years. And, um, I think it's just, you know, a lot of self-care and a lot of work on yourself to get through those obstacles in life. But yeah, um, that's kind of my background to what I was doing before. So yeah. I wasn't really working full time. I was just trying to figure it out. No, but that's like important that you had this creative outlet almost mm. that like is like therapeutic in a way. Like food, especially in like what we do is therapeutic. Like absolutely. I love being able to play with food and it feels like it's like something to do, you know. Yeah, it's so um, creative. It's your creative juices yes. going. So you did Whole30. How many times have you done a Whole30? I've probably done like three solid Whole30s. Wow, that's um, impressive. Yeah, but it's been over a span of like six years. Like I don't yeah. do them all the time. And I think that's something that's like so mistaken on my page because I do make a lot of Whole30 foods. It's like, to me, it's just like eating with the ingredients that I like that make me feel good at this point. And I'm so against trying to eat whole 30, 365 days a year. I hate That's that so people hard. do that. hard. No, it's Do not, people really do that? I think a lot of people do because I think a lot of people have a hard time. People like structure and they like to be told what to do. And they have that. They have confusion when they feel good on those 30 days and they're like, well, I just need to keep eating this way to continue to feel this way. And really, the whole point of the whole 30 is to do it for 30 days, hence the name reintroduce things to you and figure out what works for you. And I know that takes more work than what it sounds like, but you have to put the work in to figure out like what your like cadence is for yeah, like when you do you. splurge and when you don't and when, you know, the time's right. And it's not, I just think that I, I just know that I think it's that gray area that people have a hard time with and people like that, like black and white, like this is how I eat a hundred percent of the time. And that's, I don't, I think that's more unhealthy than anything. It is. Well, I mean, diets and labels are so like people get obsessed with it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the keto diet and the paleo diet and yes. like vegan and plant based. But I always say like I'm personally like an equal opportunist. Like there's sure. a lot of days that I probably don't touch me and I don't realize it. But like then there's days that I'm probably eating more grain free and days I'm eating more. And I just I don't know. I don't think twice. And For sure. But you don't need to be like Tuesday. I'm exactly. Gonna be vegan. And Wednesday I'm going to eat red meat and, and Thursday, I'm Thursday not gonna eat. fish only <laughs> yes it's like yeah. it's just constantly this this everybody's trying to make this like black and white structure with food and it's like how can we be informed consumers and care about what we put into our body while also not obsessing and being compulsive over it and Absolutely. beating ourselves up over it and that's why in my book like one of the first chapters because my book has that label on it I want people to know that like this is healthy eating and this is the way that I like to cook at home. But like, this isn't your Bible for eating clean. And I don't want you to ever feel like you have to eat this way to like feel good. Um, and so I wrote that nourish, not punish chapter in the first of my book to kind of just give my readers like a love letter of like, hey, if you go to Italy next week and you eat pasta and pizza and you splurge because you should because you're yeah, in freaking absolutely. Italy, like, I hope that you come home and instead of doing that, beat myself up, juice cleanse all week, over exercise. And then on Friday you want pizza again. And then it's just like this vicious cycle. Instead, maybe you'll be bloated for six more days. Maybe it'll take you longer to like feel better, but like just nourish your body with like food like this. That's real food that keeps you full, that nourishes your body rather than like just punish it. So 
No, that's, that's so my, well said. My mentality. But I always think say that like if someone, for example, like doesn't have the best eating habits and like say they eat a lot of like McDonald's or like processed food and they're looking for a way to like be introduced to eating healthier, mm-hmm. or, like, ma- like eating more wholesome foods, then I think Whole30 is amazing for that because for sure. it just teaches you, kind of breaks it down a little bit better. Or if 100%. you're like feeling very bloated or something's uncomfortable, it's awesome. But yeah. I'm so happy you said like it, it's Whole30 for a reason. For sure. And it definitely changed my life. And like I needed something at the time because I just didn't look at labels and I didn't think about those things. And I was in a really bad place. And so those 30 days, like I said, really changed my perspective on like, I'm going to be more, you know, aware of the things that I buy and bring into my home and cook with just on my everyday cooking so that I can eat whatever I want when I go out and it doesn't, I won't have to think about it. But I know here in my home, I can still make hearty filling foods with ingredients that make my mind feel clear. Did Clayton, did your husband do it with you? He's never completed a whole round of Whole30. <laughs> so he'll do like but that whole he here and there. that way. Yeah. He'll try to do it, but he'll last about two weeks before he's like, you know what? I'm just going to have a tequila on the rocks. And then that <laughs> tequila on the rocks turns into two tequila rocks. And then he's starving. And then he's like picking out on the bag of chips. Oh you know what gosh, I mean? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Jordan, <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Jordan did a Whole30, I think like three, three or four years ago at this point. Uh-huh. And for me, I felt like it was more of, of a pain in the ass for me than it was for she him because for him I had, all the time. yeah, exactly. Like I had to do all the food. Like we're huge. For like sure. we love perfect bars. Like couldn't have perfect bars when it came to like breakfast to pack for him for work. Uh-huh. Like, what do you mean you can't have chia pudding? Like yeah. <laughs> I thought, that, but there's no grains in it. Like I didn't understand all yeah, of the rules for sure. And then I like, sat, said to him, like, listen, you have a Jordan is someone in my life who I like really look up to his eating habits. And like, he like inspires me. And like, you know, when we're traveling to different places, like, He'll try all the food and then he comes home and he like doesn't want to go on a diet. He just like goes back to just eat like eating mm. whatever. And he just chooses to eat like a healthier lifestyle. So when he was doing this, I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? You're-? I was like, you can eat the chia pudding. Like you don't like For sure. overeat pudding on the weekend. Eat 100%. Yeah. And I was like, and I'm making you grain free pizza. Like this is the only way that I'm going to be able For to sure. do this. You can bend the rules and do the swipe exactly. things if you know that you're not going to just be like, Oh my gosh, I just finished a meal and now I want chia pudding for dessert. Like that's exactly that's the difference, I feel like. And I was, you know, if we'll do it to work, like I won't no peanut like no legumes. Like he does have like a sensitivity to like too much peanut butter. Like yeah. we know that. So like you could benefit from like not having for that sure. for a full 30 days. But yeah. Um, but I've never been ballsy enough yeah. to well, do you it eat before. So clean already and you have your own <laughs> really you have I your mean, own mentality. <laughs> you got that sweet tooth though. I love it. I know. You don't have one dessert recipe in your whole book. You know, I didn't do it because this is what I always tell people. (laughs) I think one day I'm going to wake up and be a baker. And then I try and I just like, it just always falls flat. It's not that they're terrible, but I'm just like not proud of those recipes. And I feel like I follow you for those things because I'm not good at that. And there's people like you with these amazing recipes. So why would I try to create something and more or less like kind of copy the things that you do when it's not authentic to me and it's not my ideas and it's not what I'm good at. That's so I'm what, like, yeah. I'm going to focus on what I do best, which is savory girl over here. I'm a salt freak. <laughs> I don't even own salt in my kitchen. Do you know that? I don't own oh salt. God, I'm never coming over. <laughs> no. like I, So one of my good friends in Hoboken, her, our due dates were on the same day. Like, what do you like season your food with? <laughs> You're so Time out. We got to go back to the salt situation. <laughs> no. So she comes over for dinner when we were pregnant and I didn't grow up with like a mom who cooked with salt. So when I went to like high school and I saw my friends pr- sprinkling like salt on their french fries i remember saying like what is that white stuff that you're sprinkling on your french fries like i had no idea 
And so when my friend would come over, she's love salt. And I remember her just being like, where's the salt on the chicken? Like, I don't know. I just, yeah. I've never grew up like that. So now if you go out to dinner and the food is too salty, I like am sick to my stomach. Really? It's almost well, yeah. like too bad that like I didn't have, but, like, I just, I don't know. But I've also always craved like sweet things. For sure. So that's I've never just, thought like, about what it. What tooth you have for sure. Yeah. And that's what I love about following you. Cause I'm like, oh, that looks so good. I would have never thought to make that. And I can make it for like my family and my kids and they love it. But when I try to pull off that like better for you um, dessert things, Clayton's like, so chalky oh my gosh <laughs> like it is so chalky you're right <laughs> so it's like when I was talking to my um like literary agent and editor we were coming up with both they're like you're not gonna have a dessert chapter I was like no because I'm not gonna be very proud of the recipes and people don't come to me for that so it's why am true. I gonna put it in my book you know? no I mean and, and but like in your defense baking is a lot harder than yes like it, it, it's so hard like you have to really have a knack for it and like yeah. know what you're doing in the kitchen with that stuff and I just I just can't get it. But you're a savory like goddess. Like <laughs> I make 99% of my savory recipes because of Jordan. So Jordan's a very good cook. Yeah. So he'll like, he's like a pro in the kitchen. Like my meat recipes in my cookbook are from Jordan. Really? And I That's first so I, awesome. I titled like six of them, like Jordan's, Jordan's whatever. Yeah. chicken, his bacon beef meatballs. And my editor was kind of like, this isn't Jordan's cookbook. Yeah. So we're going to have to pick one of these. Yeah. But he's like the savory like cooking That's like so funny yeah. yeah and then based off of like what he's craving so for like when he wants him my mom always get chinese food once a year like real chinese food oh yeah i have a soy allergy so like that's just Can't a disaster yeah, yeah waiting to happen and he's like i want like more chinese food so i'm like okay i'll make you a healthy chinese food like those are the types and he's like we'll use yeah. this and this like he's so hands-on with that for so sure. yeah but i thought that was hysterical you had no Dessert. No. And I just, I just was like, throw what you know, you know, I'm not going to try to be somebody I'm not. Can you follow a dessert recipe? For sure. Okay. But I'm just like, I'm, I'm not creative in that sense. It's like, I like to bake if it's not my recipe, but if I try to create my own recipe, I feel like I'm just an imposter. Like I'm, I did not come up with that. I don't have that mental capacity to be like, oh, I'm going to make this, you know, you come up with all these interesting cookie creations. And I'm like, I would be so on a, I would be the girl that Googles a recipe and like changes like two ingredients which oh pisses God, me no. off and I'm not going to be that person I refuse no that's impressive so like, that's good, I've though. just decided desserts are my thing and I thought about there's this one girl in Dallas who makes amazing desserts and I thought about bringing her on to do desserts for my page but then I got cold feet about it not because she's not amazing but I was like I can't imagine the content not coming from me on my page that's I think a huge part of like did you post making, about that yes and then I was like Psych. okay <laughs> I and forgot the, about that. Okay, you're... this is a funny story, and I don't know if you guys want to hear it, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. <laughs> so I was getting cold feet about it because I was like, oh, I just feel like this is going to take away from the sense of community. Like as my as my brand is growing and everything, I'm like, I don't want people to feel like I'm not still here and not still really totally. present there. But I also wanted to be able to provide something that I'm not good at. So I was like, this will be so perfect. And I adore the girl who makes these desserts. And she slays at them. Like, she's so good. And... I went to this random um, speaking endeavor that Mark Cuban was speaking at because he's from Dallas and it was really small. And afterwards, he's like, if any of y'all have questions, like come up and ask me. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go ask him about this situation. I literally was like, hey, my name's Alex. I'm a food blogger. And oh I'm thinking gosh. of bringing this girl to make desserts. I like, told him the whole spiel. And he was like, don't do it. Wow. And I was like, well, Mark Cuban just shark tanked my ass and told me not to do it. I'm not doing it. But I was already cold feet about it because... You know, the more I think about it, I'm so glad I made that decision because it's like, I know that so much of that like connectivity gets set, like 
distances as we continue to grow our pages. And it's like, I don't want to lose that. Like I'm still, maybe I can't respond to every DM and like be so on it with everybody as much as I try to be like, but I want you guys to know that I'm really thoughtful about the things that I put out here for you guys. And I want you to know that I want it to always be me. And like, this is us here and <laughs> hashtag this is us. <laughs> Do you watch I don't this know. Is us? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. I've watched like one episode, um, but I don't know. It's just, I, it's just a, such a hard battle as like just like figuring out but the certain thing I've just decided to can it for the rest I of think, my life but still, like I always say like you have to trust your intuition your gut so if like something if there's like a tingle in your body that's telling you like or yeah, making you question it for sure then don't do it no and our I feel like Americans specifically like we don't have that like taught like trust your gut feeling like my mom is so into that she's just like what is your gut telling you to do like she's always like raised me to do that. And my gut has always told me like, don't put something out there that isn't authentically you or even yours. And I'm not going to be like an imposter and try to pretend that I did something that I did it. Do people ask you to bring dessert recipes? I have in the past, but I think now people know like this girl does not do desserts. And there's so many like amazing people that make amazing paleo desserts. Like I love you and ambitious kitchen and y'all are my amazing. Y'all are my go-tos to make sweet better for you treats. And like when I make them, I'm like, damn, that's good. How did they even figure this out? Like I would never be able to compete with that. And I'm not going to try to do something that I'm not great at. So that's my philosophy behind the dessert thing. Amen. But you are like <laughs> not a, a baker. You are a wizard with savory things. Like yes. we made the lamb bolognese yes. from your cookbook for Christmas Day. Oh, thank it was you. Like I'm unreal. So yes, and I know you made the chicken parm. I did. I made the chicken parm. I'm like so brain dead. I made the chicken parm. I shared that. I think it was like during pump yes. week or like something. Yes, you did. Thank you. Um, and it was amazing. Yes, it I was love so that good. One. But I love that. Like in the book, it's a quote whole thirty book. But you did say like put cheese on it. Like yeah. if you want, like yeah, hashtag put some put yeah, egg exactly. on it. <laughs> Actually, Ezra loved it too. Good. Um, so my kids love that one as well. He eats like he doesn't have one tooth. Well, he actually, sorry, it's coming in a little bit on the bottom, <laughs> but he eats every like chews meat. Yeah. I made him a quesadilla yesterday with like siete tortillas Yum. and like raw cheddar cheese and avocado and beef, and he somehow chews it. That's I will amazing. never understand how. <laughs> I know. Are your girls? So you have two daughters. Uh-huh. Um. So how old are they? Sutton is seven. Okay. And Winnie is four. Oh, nice. So they're, my brother and I are three years apart. Yeah. How are, about you and your sister? How many years apart? Um, I actually have a brother as well. You do? I do. He's obviously your like not. Brother he's brother? Well, he li- he's always lived in California. <laughs> oh, wow. And like okay. he's not into like the food scene or Instagram. I think he'd be okay. like so awkward if I like put him on my Instagram yeah. page. But um, he just moved back to Texas like within the last couple months. Oh, cool. And my, so he's three, two, like two and a half, three years older than me. And my sister's two and a half, three years younger than me. We're all about three years apart. Okay. So there's three of us. Oh, nice. Surprise, brother. <laughs> I mean, I, I had no idea that you I had know, a nobody knows. Every now and then I'll like, he'll make an appearance on my yeah. page. Like when we would go visit him in California, be like, wait, what? You have a brother? I'm now like, I'm yeah, look. like <laughs> Where in California was he? He was in Venice. Oh my God. That's yeah, awesome. For sure. Is he going to come back for your LA tour? I'm going to miss you by I one know, week, by the way. I know. I know. I saw that whenever you announced, you're just like, dang it. I know. <laughs> I know. It's okay. I'll see you in a I don't know if I can say that. No, it's okay. Yeah, in Austin. It's actually this episode is coming out the week that we are there in Austin with Siete, which I'm so excited about. I actually just called Jordan this morning on my way um, down here, and I was like, "We're not bringing Ezra anymore." Like, I think I gotta. I don't want to go to Austin. Yeah, with a baby who goes to bed at seven thirty. I will say, like, just from being in the throes of my book tour, I've thought about bringing my girls to so many things, and. I feel like they would just be stuck in the hotel room doing nothing when they could be happier, like doing the routine and being with grandma and going out to all these places rather than like 
sorry, mommy has to go to another meeting and go do this mm-hmm. and that. So I just realized like selfishly, I want them to be everywhere and they want to come too. But then I know if they came to all these places, it would just be really stressful on everybody. No, it's true. I think true. everybody would be really stuff. And I know Ezra's younger, so it's a little bit different. He, But he won't but, sit in the stroller. So yeah. like he needs to roll around and play. He can't, he can't roll yeah, around on the sidewalk. For sure. He needs activity. Yeah, sure. exactly. Before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, If You Care. Now, if you follow me over on Instagram, you guys know that the If You Care products are an absolute staple in our kitchen. I use them for cooking, for baking. I love using their loaf pans and their round baking dishes, the parchment paper and the baking sheets. Oh my gosh, I do not roast vegetables or bake cookies without the parchment paper and their sheets. I personally prefer the baking sheets because they fit perfectly on our trays. I love lining like my banana bread dish and it makes for the easiest cleanup. When I make cinnamon rolls, I lay some of the parchment paper out and I use that to roll everything. It's just they make the most awesome, awesome products. I also use like their dishwasher detergent, garbage bags, like these reusable paper towels. If You Care makes products that are good for you, for your family and your home, but they're also good for the planet. If You Care analyzes the entire life cycle chain in developing products from raw material sourcing to production processes, to packaging, to disposal, every single step is considered in assessing environmental and social impacts. They are totally committed to ethical sourcing. They back its environmental claims with third-party verification and certification by the leading national and international certifying bodies. They make kitchen and household products that you can trust and bring into your own home and you know that they are the highest and best quality, but they also work. They're extremely, extremely effective. All of their products are sustainable, non-GMO, non-toxic, energy saving. You can feel good about using these, especially like the dishwasher dishwasher detergent. I use that like with Ezra stuff when we put in the dishwasher. We use absolutely everything that they have. So I link to a lot of my favorites from If You Care over on my shop page, rachelmansfield.com slash shop. And that'll take you over to Amazon where you can conveniently order anything that you're looking for. Okay, now let's dive into today's episode. So let's talk a little bit about your cookbook itself and how that idea came about. So did you one day wake up and say, I'm going to write a cookbook, like let me find a literary <laughs> agent. Like how did this whole yeah. idea come to you? So I I did want to do a cookbook. It was definitely like in my mind. And I was starting to like ask around like with family friends, like, hey, do you know anything about publishing a book? Like how I would go about doing it. And right around that same time, I got an email from a literary agent saying that she really wanted to pitch me to be the next Whole30 endorsed cookbook because she had pitched the last girl too, to HMH who does all the Whole30 endorsed stuff. And so I was like, oh, that would be so cool. And um, I really connected with her well. And we decided to put a, together a proposal. And I, I knew at that time my bread and butter was like weeknight dinners. And I just won the Sabor Blog Awards for weeknight dinner. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. It was just all in the forefront of my mind. I'm like, why would I do anything else than that? Yeah. um, So I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I really wanted it to be an extension of my blog and what I already do. And so um, I just kind of outlined the chapters the way that I think about food, which is all cuisine style. And I loved it. And here I am. That's amazing. (laughs) 
that's actually similar to how like my mother-in-law cooks to like by cuisine because yeah, I she's like do you want Mexican food yeah, Italian food exactly yeah, no. and when I, I lived with my in-laws for a few months before Jordan and I were like even married like mm-hmm. I just needed from the city and would always be like okay what's for dinner and it was either like Greek Mexican like it was always yeah. like a cuisine for sure. Um, and I was showing her your book and like she vibes so well with your recipes because her and Jordan like savory, like yes. love everything. <laughs> um, so how did you go then? So a lot of people also don't know much about like the publishing world and how this all comes about. So first you have a, a storm. <laughs> it, it really is. And it's the longest process ever. So long. So, so you long. have a literary agent, you have the proposal. Did you like where is um your publisher based out of it? Are they here. in New York? Mm-hmm. So did you fly up here and do like the full on day of like meetings? I, you know, they were like wanting to just do it kind of over email and the phone. And I was like, I need to meet these people. I need to like have yeah. that like moment to know if like this is right or not. And so I flew in and met with my literary agent and my editor. Um, and we had drinks. And we talked. I was probably so awkward because I was so nervous. I was like, what if they dropped me because I decided oh, I had so to meet them. Oh, so you didn't like go shop around to different publishers? I didn't you shop were like, at all. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, <laughs> I was like, but because it was Whole30 endorsed and I had that opportunity at the time, yeah. I just thought like, when else am I going to do this? Sorry, I'm like taking off my shoes while no, I'm talking. No, I took them off two episodes ago and you're actually, I'm going to. Um, just getting cozy in here. I know. I don't um, blame you. And so I... I really wanted that opportunity and I really liked them. And um, I thought at the time, like it was such a fantastic deal. And I think it was for a first time author. But, yeah. you know, then like you and I were saying earlier, we realized how much work goes into making a cookbook. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, man, I should have gotten paid like quadruple. <laughs> it's so hard. It's a lot. Because yeah. did it's you shoot lot, all your photos? I didn't. I hired a photographer, Kristen, but I styled it all, which was oh, wow. a nightmare. That, so did you have a prop stylist or like it was just like the photographer and you? I bought all the props, which I, you know, felt like was a good investment because I still use yeah, them for my blog. So I'm glad I did that. And it was so much fun. And in my mind, I was like, I, like, I was so worried that it would get um, too fancy from like what I already do on my blog. And I like wanted to keep that like feel that people already knew from me for my first book. And I still want to do that for my second one, too, if that happens. Um, but especially for the first book. I was like, I just don't want it to be this drastic shift from like all of a sudden I'm this like glamorous cookbook author. And I'm like, I want this to feel like an extension of who I am and what I've done here. And so I was like, I'll style it. My friend, Kristen is the photographer. She's actually flying into New York today to come to this event tonight. She's amazing. So I went to college with her and I've always admired her work. She's in Austin. Oh, okay. You'll have to meet her whenever you come in. She should come to the event. Yeah, she's fantastic. And I've always loved her work and she's extremely talented, but she's never shot a cookbook before. And so I pitched my, I told my editor, he was like, do you have a photographer in mind? I was like, yes, but I don't know if you're gonna let me use her, but I really want, I want you to trust me on this one. And he was like, okay, I can't get the team to agree to do this. But if you guys shoot like 10 of the recipes early before you turn everything in and like give us a preview, I'll I'll push it for you. Because he really wanted to let me do that. And they loved her work. And she's actually shooting her second book right now for an author um, near Austin right now through my same editor. He was like, loves her. She's That's so talented. Amazing. So, so that was, was our so first great. baby to, like, together. <laughs> yeah, you like Minara, you're yeah. totally like, building her career from your book though. For That's sure. amazing. She's so talented. And she's always done like lifestyle and editorial stuff. And she's super talented. And like I get really awkward when people take pictures of me. And she's the one person that I feel comfortable with. Yeah. So I was like, no matter what, I'll have her shoot the pictures of me if they won't let me let her yeah. shoot the food. But I really 
trust her in everything that she does. She's extremely talented. So we're, I'm excited. I would never shoot another that book without so her. That is so nice. Did you have to get a recipe tester too? Like someone to cross check all your recipes? I had to hire, they made me hire somebody out, but um, they basically would cross check my recipes just by editing them and not actually testing them in the kitchen. And oh. I had my family to save money. Um, I wasn't allowed to do that. I, you know, I probably should have done it the way that you did it though, looking back on it, because I feel like they miss more things when they're not making them, but um, it's, it was expensive. <laughs> I loved my recipe tester. Like she was amazing and I'd recommend her to anyone. Uh-huh. But I think that the one downside is like you have a professional recipe tester and I want someone harsh. <laughs> yeah. Well that, but they also know what they're doing. So I want, so I want someone like my readers or my parents or someone who doesn't cook every day. Cause that's who's buying our book. And yeah. And that's like, who struggles a little bit more in the exactly, kitchen. And like, they know if it comes out right. A hundred percent. I had my, my sister probably tested like 50 of the recipes. My mom tested oh, a bunch, so nice. my mother-in-law. And I had a couple of readers that like reached out to me throughout the process. And, you know, you kind of tease it like I'm working on a secret project because you can't announce it. But yeah. like, we're so used to sharing everything. So I was like, I wanted to hint to it as much as possible without saying it straight up. Wait, and but, so, so, sorry, but you didn't <laughs> announce your book till it was like basically available. Oh, pre-order. See, my the strategy was so different for my book. They wouldn't let me say anything about it. Your publisher wouldn't let you? No. I think that's smart. And, you know, and I was kind of frustrated about it because we share so much. And now looking back yeah. at it, because the process is so long, I think it just kind of tires everybody out. Like, oh, we know you've been working on your cookbook. It's in two years. Where is it? And they don't understand 100%. the process is so long. So I, I get it now in hindsight. But at the time, I was like, you don't understand. I think this will really bring such a fun component to like bring them into the process. But um, I understand a little bit more now. So I couldn't announce it until pre-order. I noticed that um, that's the case with a, a lot, lot of people. Yeah. I don't know why that wasn't recommended for mine because I know I have a friend of mine who is working on her first cookbook mm-hmm. and we have the same publisher and she's not allowed to talk about it. So I have a feeling that my publisher might have like just changed yeah. their minds in that strategy. Yeah. But it's true. And I always did like make the analogy of like a movie. Like, you know, the movie's going to come out in like June. I'm not buying movie theater tickets right now. For sure. For June. Like I'm yeah. going to buy them in June. Like I'm not worrying about it right now. Yes. So I like from like the consumer standpoint, like I understand like For why sure. it's kind of like. But huh? I will say now that I understand this process, there's there will never be a time if an author announces that their book's available for, available for pre-order. If I admire them, I will buy their book immediately because I realize how important it is. You know what I mean? Who are some of your favorite cookbook authors? Well, you as well. No, are, of course. Not, right. um, <laughs> not yet. A few more I days. love Alison Roman. I, she's, oh my God, she's yeah, amazing. I love Half-Baked Harvest. I love What's, What's Gobby Cooking. Um, I'm trying to think of some other favorites. Amanda Fredrickson is coming out a book soon. I don't know if you follow oh, her. Cool. Um, I love her. She does this really fun series every Wednesday. It's called Fridge Forging, where she like goes in her pantry and like figures out how to cook. And I every Wednesday is like my favorite thing to follow her. Oh, that's so cool. So she's coming out with her first book. Those are some off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> do you cook from other cookbooks often or do you usually make all your own recipes? I usually make all my own recipes. I just like buying cookbooks of people that I like admire because I want to support them. But, you know, I'll sometimes like cook the recipe if like it's something that I would have never thought of. I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. I'll make, I'll make that. And yeah, you know, you might learn about a new spice along the way or something new that you're like, oh, then you can play with those spices and bring them into your cooking. That's why I love making the chicken parm from you because I'm like, I would never think to make something like that. Like this is awesome. Yeah. And maybe now you're like, oh, I'll use tapioca starch more, whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes if you, I really need to do that more. It's like, if I see something that I'm drawn to, I need to like, you know, once every couple of months make it because there's always like a new technique or a new something that maybe you didn't know before that you're like, oh, I could do this with so many other different recipes that you can come up with in your head. I don't no, a hundred percent. 
So when it comes to the defined dish, like your website and Instagram, are you managing everything yourself? Do you have any employees or anyone working for you? So um, it's always been a one woman show. But after I did my book, after I started my book, I was at Whole Foods and this girl, Taylor, who was my employee, she doesn't work for me anymore. She came up to me. It was just like the perfect timing um, and was like, hey, I just moved to Dallas from New York City and I don't have anything to do. My husband has a job and I really would like love like a part time job. Can Are you looking for somebody? I was like, yeah, let's that go for coffee. That is a dream. And oh my gosh. we, she was amazing. And like this, she did so, she helped me so much with like just the cookbook process. She's so much fun to like cook with in the kitchen because she has a really good opinion and about, you know, it's like, oh, I have this recipe idea. I could do it this way or that. Like, like what would appeal more to you as like someone who likes to cook totally. my recipes? And she'd be like, oh, do option A for sure. So I really, I still call her now. I'm like, hey, I have this recipe idea. Like, which way do you think I should go with it? And she always has a good opinion. So Taylor came onto my team and she quit in August because she was going to take a full-time job and like do benefits and all that stuff that I can't offer somebody at this time. You know what I mean? And um, (laughs) I was about to do my book tour and I was like, I really need help. And I hired Katie, who's here on this trip with me. She's not in here right now. And she's been amazing because she's more of that like, super organized type person who's like, Alex, you need to do X, Y, and Z today. And then like candles, you'll know this, like when you do your first tour stuff, like you don't have the time to look around the room to make sure that nothing's like wrong because sure. you're in the middle of speaking or you're meeting everybody and signing books. And like, you don't have the time to like skim the room and be like, oh, there's a disaster in the corner. So having her there just to be my set of eyes around the room that the process and just like help work the line and make things move a little bit more efficiently has been so helpful. Plus just all the logistics and the coordinating in between. Yes. So like- she's been like my book tour guru. And now she's really helping me behind the scenes on just so many other aspects. So I, I, I love having her on my team. I almost didn't hire somebody and I'm so glad I did. Um, it's definitely been worth the money and like my sanity throughout this process. Um, and then aside from that, I signed with DBA, which is my manager, digital brand ambassadors. I've spent less than a year um, and they handle like all my incoming like brand partnerships and basically they'll pitch who comes through to them and like give me my offers and I just say yes or no. And then I do all the creative stuff when I, I get to focus on what I'm good at. Now, how did you find Katie? So I announced that I was hiring, which was probably like the worst idea ever because I got so many oh my applications. <laughs> I was like, how am I supposed to sort through all these? What did I, I obviously have no clue what I'm doing. You know, you, yeah. like, you learn as you go all these things. Well, do you sometimes have a hard time understanding that people are like actually follow? Like yes. sometimes I'm, I'm like, are people sure. actually and there? Really and there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's weird when you talk to your phone all day, you don't like see people. <laughs> For sure. So she applied and I had no idea what I was doing through the interview process. I interviewed way too many girls. Like I should have narrowed it down better, but I didn't know how to narrow it down. I was like, everybody's great. Like everybody has something that they could offer. And it was just at that point, I was like, I know what I need is somebody to really help me manage the organization of everything that's about to fall on my plate. And like, we're also like remodeling house and moving. And I just like needed that back end girl to just like make sure that everything was in line. And Katie, just as soon as after I finished her interview, she was one of the last ones I interviewed. I literally made the offer to her like that night because I was like, she's everything that I'm looking for. She checks all the boxes. Then I got cold feet. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have hired her. Maybe she wasn't the one. And then, no, but your gut, your gut you, told yes, you. And, I, and then the first day that she came in, I was like, okay, I did the right thing. She's incredible. She's been amazing. So it's it's crazy. Because so I know you, you you don't have anybody on your team, right? No, not not right now. I it's <laughs> <laughs> one woman show. Yeah, I'm a little tired, but yeah. you know, 
I think that it's one of those things where if it falls into place, I'm very open to hiring someone. Like someone actually sent me a DM the other day asking me if I was hiring. And I said, yes, actually I am. And it was the first time that I didn't even like, yeah, Yeah. I was like, you know what? I am going to be hiring this year. It's a hard thing to open up because you have your ways that you do everything and it's It's all you. But you, I would just say like, go baby steps at first, like do the little 100%. things and then you'll get more comfortable. And like, if it's somebody that you really trust with things, like she's never going to post on my Instagram or like go answer DMs or no. like do the things that I do. But as far as just the logistical things go, it's so nice to have somebody so that you can do the things that everybody wants to see from you in a more efficient 100%. way. percent, And that's yeah. where I think it gets a little hard is because there's a, I, every time I'm doing a task that, well, I love everything that I basically do there are sure. tasks that like you know I don't I'm like I don't need to be doing this right now yeah. like this is not the best use of my time 100%. and I write it down and I'm like you know the second I find someone that's right this is an example of something I can mm-hmm. give to like him or her yeah um but I was just you know before running my business I did have a full-time job and like, I had to like interview for jobs and like write a cover letter give my resume and I just have a hard time grasping that someone is going to slide into someone's DM and think they're going to get a job. I'm like, but they're like, how else do I reach out to her? I I really want to work for her. So it's like a weird, it's an age of Instagram, you know? It's like that millennial. You just have to follow up with them to make sure they still have that like sophistication to them and that formalities behind them as well. And Katie is that 100%. She's so mature. She's like 23. And I'm like, you are way more mature than I am. (laughs) That's why I want someone who can like take care of me. And like, I'm definitely a, a tough person which most people don't know until they like get to know me a little bit more like I, I'm a control freak I like yeah. to like do everything I like to know what everything's going on and it's hard for someone to kind of put me in my place in some yeah aspects and I need someone who's gonna put me in my place for which sure. I don't think is gonna and be I easy will say the best thing about have hiring somebody for me was I was starting to get the create being creative all the time you can have creative burnout yeah. you know and to bring somebody on your team so that you can focus on really doing the creative part. And I I feel like it takes a little bit of that stress away so that you don't have that burnout to be like, you know, there's a lot of pressure to like continue to produce recipes and crank them out and be there and cook for people and be present all the time. And when you're doing all the back end things um, all the time that take away from that, you're just too tired to be present to do those things and create new recipes. And the, the, your mind is too clogged to open that like create, creative door. And I was so glad when I brought somebody on for the first time and I was like, okay, now I feel like I'm not drowning anymore. I can do this. <laughs> no, it's reassuring. It's, like, it's almost like a life load of yes, sorts. for and- sure. Even though it's hard to let go, I think it's one of those things that's, yeah, yeah you need somebody. <laughs> it's, it's time, but that's okay. <laughs> for sure. Um, but also like right now with like the transition and I'm sure you can relate, like the book and then the blog. I mean, I don't, yeah. I have, should be making new recipes. I'm not creating no, new content right either. now. Like, yeah, it's like you have a cookbook of 100 plus amazing recipes. Why do you need to make new recipes right now? Like, enjoy it. Like, and, everyone, this is and this I think that's some, that was refreshing for me because I'm like, I have so much content that I never remind people is on my site because I'm always like, what do I need to make this? I need to make more and more and more. And it's like quality versus quantity. Yeah. And I shifted gears throughout this process. And I was like, I have stuff in the archives that looks like I took it in a dark cave and like, I need to bring it back to life. Like, let's reshoot it, adapt the recipe a little bit, like make it, you know, maybe back in the day, I wasn't using tapioca starch. I haven't discovered it yet. And this would be better if I thickened it with that instead of this. And so I, I got really good, especially during the cookbook process of reviving old recipes and bringing them back to life and 
and being resourceful rather than just feeling like I need to be like this recipe content creator all the time. Absolutely. And I actually have like a, a spreadsheet on my um, on my computer that has a list of old recipes to like yeah. revamp and yes, do. Yes, I need to do that. Yeah, it's helpful because there's um, so many things you've been creating. So like bring them back to life. And for sure, do you ever post like say you had a, a sa- I'm making this up, a salmon burger recipe that came out last April. Like, would you repost like a picture 100%. of that? Yeah, I reuse those pictures all the time. Same pictures that I, I do that. That's something that I do all the time because, you know, you're always getting new people and they may have not seen that. And with the Instagram algorithm, they may have never known that recipe existed. And yeah, so it's really nice to be like, it's kind of like whatever I'm craving that day. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm not home, but I really wish I had that salmon burger right now. Like, oh, I should post about that. Remind people that it's there. Kind or of thing. last night when Ezra and I were eating quesadillas and I posted this like pasta bake that I love making and I'm yeah. like, yep, not eating this right now, but, it's but I wish really I was. <laughs> yes. But I'm loving the quesadilla. <laughs> For sure. No, I think it's great to remind people that stuff, stuff's still there. Um, so you are in the thick of your book tour right mm-hmm. now. Yes. So we are in New York, as we had mentioned. I so feel like I'm about to go. I'm like over the... Uh, what is the right term? Chronology. Like over the hill. I'm on like the back the end of it. Over the, the hill. Through the woods, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Apparently I've I lost a lot of brain cells along this way. Same. But yes, I'm like right in the middle of it where I'm like almost like to the tail end of it kind of thing. Oh my gosh. Like, so I'm getting to the bottom. Did you love doing the tour so far? Yes. It's been you're gonna have so much fun. It's like the most emotionally rewarding and draining experience ever, but it's worth every like moment of exhaustion at the same time because you know we're stuck behind our phones all the time connecting with people that we really care about and we like want them to like have these better lives and we feel this emotional connectivity with them and to be in a room with that energy and to talk to these people in person and hug them in person is like there's nothing more rewarding there's nothing more rewarding it's so special and i'm like i the first couple of events like before i would get up to speak or do anything i felt like i was going to throw up i'm like such a nerve ball of nerves i'm like so scared. But like, as I've continued to do this, it's like you get in your groove and you get more comfortable because it's not as vulnerable as it was, you know, the first time. And each time you get a little bit more comfortable with it. And now that I'm getting more comfortable with it, I'm like, I want to go to every city and meet everyone, but within good time, you know, like totally. I have a family at home. So I need to like pace this out. But I told my manager, I was like, I would love for you whenever brands come that we've worked with before that, you know, I love instead of you know, doing the traditional way that we've always shared together is like, let's talk about doing events in these cities that I wasn't able to go to this year. And because obviously it's very expensive. I feel like I'm very much in the red right now doing this book tour. But I mean, I also think it's a great investment and worth every penny, but I'm like, I can't do anymore. (laughs) So I'm like, can they help me make this happen for my community? And and I think we're having some great conversations around that. That's awesome. So. And how did you pick the first few cities that you did? Do you know, did you know if you had like a larger reader base there? Did mm-hmm. you like use Instagram? To- For sure. Um, HMH, my publisher, like made me pull like my top six cities, which okay. most of them were like Texas cities. So I did my Texas tour, <laughs> got all those out there. And then I started flying around and doing everything else. And then also like Boston ne- wasn't necessarily like one of my top six to eight cities, but it was somewhere that I knew that like we could have a, a great event and mm. Hello Wellness had reached out to me. They said they love you. We talked about you. Oh my God, Sarah um, and Jenna. Yeah. They're the best. And so they they always do events over there and they were like, hey, would you want to do an event in Boston? I was like, I would love to, but I can't afford to go there right now. My publisher's not going to pay for it. But if you guys want to put it on, I will fly out there and be there in a heartbeat. And so things like that have also happened. I've also That's worked awesome. with Pineapple Collaborative, which is kind of similar to Hello Wellness. Oh, they okay. did my event here last night. 
Yeah, I saw and that. I was wondering what that is. they're doing my DC events. They connect oh, cool. women in food. Like, just, it's, they're amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. What so. has been your favorite city so far? Oh, man, that's a hard question. Um, I love New York City, obviously. I'm having so much fun here. Plus, Clayton got to come. And, like, tonight, um, because my publisher's here and my editor, my literary agent, and um, so many people that made this book happen are here. Tonight, we're doing, like, a small dinner. And, and I have FOMO There's already. a chef that's cooking. Yeah, Rachel can't come because she has other she has other big things to do. <laughs> but um, we're there's like a chef that's going to make my recipes. He's like going to make them fancy. Because I was like, he was like, would you be offended if I like riffed on him? I'm like, no, I want you to because I know my recipes don't relay into making like for 25 people. But you do you. And he sent me the menu and I'm so excited. It's so much oh, fun. I can't like, wait to see each recipe is like inspired by something in my book. But he's like riffed on it and made it classy af that's right <laughs> so classy yes. served on the silver platter yes for sure that's where i think it gets got hard with like planning the, the tour right now i wanted to share recipes from the book but a lot of times chefs and like caterers like won't take yeah. other recipes which i understand for like, sure it's hard it's harder and like we were used to making recipes for like four people for or, sure have like, you ever like tried to cater something I it's get, a disaster you get asked to do that because yes often, i've done it like once or twice for like did. a charity thing and i was like the recipes don't turn out the same. And like, then you're like, oh, this isn't the way that I want it to be. And I think a lot of people just think because we cook, they're like, oh, hey, it'd be so cool if you did this event and like brought your food. I think it would really help sell books. I'm like, yeah, but the recipe will not be good. And I'll be so stressed. I'll be cooking for like a week straight. Like it just doesn't work right for me. No. And I would love I'd to give do mad it. props to people that cater. It's a totally different it beast. It is a totally different beast. Last week, someone, their boyfriend had sent me an email and it was so sweet. She's like, his girlfriend's turning 30. She like loves my recipes. He asked me if I would do a cooking class for her and all of her friends. I'm like that sounds so nice, but I can't. Like I, I don't no, know. Like it's scary. It's scary, <laughs> it's and like lot. it sounds easier than it is. But to mm-hmm. coordinate all of the logistics, and at first, and I'm like, no. But like I'll come like bake cookies and like drop them off, and then I call Jordan. And I'm very like a wild card. Like I just have all these ideas, and Jordan brings me down. Like, yeah, he's like no, thirty no, no. notches. He goes. Rachel, you can bake the cookies and then you can mail them. And I said, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> so now I'm like bailing her cookies. But I think it's like such a sweet For idea. Sure, but I no. can make like 12 cookies. Like yeah. I don't know how to like conduct a cooking class. A hundred percent. It's so a hot hard. mess. I've done it and I'm like, I am not good at this. I did it with Hello Wellness a couple times. Yes. But they did all the, the dirty work. For sure. I, I did one cooking class with them. And then after that, I was like, I think I need to do lecture style. That's, that's what I said <laughs> yeah. to them too. I was like, this is fun. It was me standing on a counter screaming to make sure everyone like has the ingredients. Yeah. I don't talk to anyone. It's it's exhausting. And yes, like, I feel sure. like it's not the best. Yeah, I feel like mine was a major fail. I did my first one in Chicago a couple years ago. <laughs> and they brought in all these avocados and they were all like, when I say they were hard and not ripe, it was like this marble table. And like, everyone was like trying to peel and cut these avocados. And it was like this avocado creme they were making. I was like, this is just going all. <laughs> no, this is not going to work. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, never mind on the cooking class. Yeah, venture. I don't think so. <laughs> yep. Um, so do you think there will be a, a book number two? When I pulled Instagram, that was the number one question, by the way. Really? Is book I number would, two happening? Yes, I was. I am ready to do no, book number two now that I'm like on the tail end of all this. And now that I think right before your book comes out, you're probably like, oh, man, this book, whole thing is like so tiring. But it's like right after it launches and you have the rewarding side of everything, like all your work has finally come to like you know, everything's coming to life. It it like really shifts your mindset. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to start working on number two. What am I going to do next? So if you're listening and you have my book and have ideas, 
shoot him my way. Hit Alex up. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> still California. trying to decide which route to go for the second one. So we'll see. That's amazing though that you know that you want to do it. I do know what I want to do. I'm like ready for it. Yeah. But I'll probably be in the middle and be like, why am I doing this? And then at the end I'll be like, yeah, I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> it's I know. a roller coaster of emotion. It's hard because it's so much fun to like do something that's like behind the scenes and uh-huh. this and that. But it's also like we were saying before, as like a like a business owner, it's not always like the smartest like investment no. of like time when it comes to you were saying like to be totally transparent, like you can post something on Instagram and like make, make a lot more money doing that yep. and like doing books. But also the book is like so much more real. And for sure, it sounds a little superficial, but I almost felt like it's this like awesome accreditation, like a validation of because uh-huh. how many quote food bloggers and recipe developers are there? Like a lot. There's a lot of people doing that now. Oh, for sure. So I, just, everybody I follow is coming out with a cookbook. Right. So I know like I'm not the only special cookie out there like making no, a book. No, but like, yeah. compared to most people, like for sure. to be able to do the cookbook, it almost like validates like being able to cook. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes, I see. Um, which like. <laughs> Ding dong over here. Sorry, you took it the other way and I was like, no, I'm saying it's going to come on my story way. But I yeah. did it. Um, so besides the book, do you have any other ideas or things that you have in mind for your brand that you're comfortable sharing? You know, I, I'm not really sure. I feel like that's like the million dollar question right now. So many people are asking me like, oh my gosh, this is all going so well. Like, what are you going to do next? And I feel like there's so many different routes to go. But like at the end of the day, it's like, I'm going to try to trust my gut along this whole process. And like at the end of the day, the thing that brings me joy is like making recipes and sharing them. And I feel like if I go other routes, I might take away from that. And then I won't have that like joy of cooking and sharing as much. So, you know, of course, people are like, oh, would you ever want to do TV? And like, I'm like, no, unless it was like the right um, way of like sharing it in the right tone and yeah. something that made me not feel like I'm like being like not me. You know what I mean? Because something totally. can feel so curated. And so, you know, that's always an option, but I'm not like seeking out to do it. Um, and then of course, like I would, I feel like making people's everyday lives in the kitchen easier is like what I want to. So I would like love to have some sort of product line where when people do go to cook my recipes, instead of getting out eight jars of spices, like I have like my own spice blends or something of that nature. But, um, you know, all that stuff is hard to make happen legally and correctly. So, um, that's always in the back of my head, but right now I'm just like trying to soak in this moment, enjoy it rather than getting stressed and overlooking it and like thinking what's next, what's next, what's next. And just like being in the moment. That's like one of my biggest pet peeve questions, but I couldn't not ask you because I was okay. like the other second common question. For Someone sure. was like, is she coming out of the product? Like what's the, like what's coming after this? And I'm yeah. like, you know, I hate when people ask me that. But I like, know I have it's to a big question. And yeah. like all your family and friends ask you that, you know, it's like everywhere you go, they're like, what are you going to do? Like you mm-hmm. could do this. And then everyone's like, you should start a restaurant. You should do that. I'm like, Yep. This is all too much. Like I, I can't start a restaurant. I'm not a restaurateur. Like that's a totally that's other so piece. Hard. Like you're, you're just because I make food doesn't mean that I should do all these things that like maybe won't Absolutely. parlay correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I could not agree more. Yeah. Like when Jordan's like, we should open like a fast casual, like you can open it. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun working. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not working seven days a week anymore uh-huh. than I'm yeah, already I am. That's like the most stressful thing ever. So yeah. Do you have a hard time shutting off? When you, from social media, like, do you give yourself like boundaries of like what you share or what you don't share? Um, You know, over the years, I've like set more and more boundaries because I feel like it's different whenever you have like 15,000 followers and how you share. Like, of course, I was sharing everything, like my whole family, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Nobody, everybody's, it's like kind of all in the family then. And um, 
that's like when you're still able to respond to everybody. Like you really feel like you know everyone that's totally. there. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing. But then, you know, things change. And it's like now I'm like, I do want to share my kids, but I've definitely drawn back a little bit about it because I can't imagine not sharing my family with everybody because I share so much and they're such a big part of my life. Um, so I want them to know like who my family is and like who we are. But at the same time, I also want to protect them as well. Yeah. And you met Clayton, like he's so open and, and extroverted, but like on Instagram, like he's just not comfortable. I've never really seen him he on your Instagram. He yeah. like freezes up and he's just like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to be on there. But then like, if you meet him in person, like you, you know, the type of person he is, but he just doesn't know. He does. He's not an Instagrammer. Like he's not a social media person. Like I've, I've built this thing. Like it's me and I yeah. can't expect him to be an Instagram husband. Because he doesn't want to be one. No, it's he hard. He's supportive. Like he's my biggest fan and like my biggest support. But he just is not comfortable being on my Instagram feed. He just gets really awkward about it. So I don't blame um, him. But setting boundaries, you know, it's really hard to shut off at night because you want to be present and want to respond. But um, I feel like over the years, my my key term is just like whenever I get overwhelmed with something and I feel like I'm I'm getting spread thin, it's just like I need to shift gears and like maybe the way that I was doing things before, maybe before you know i think it's so funny i always see people like i will always respond to every dm that i ever get and then all of a sudden then they're like oh so sorry i have to stop and i'm like don't lay that out there for everybody and say those things when you don't know what's coming next like Absolutely. things change and like you don't want to be like i should have never said that because um i was that person that felt that way i never like announced it from the rooftops but i always wanted to respond to everybody and then you get to a point where you're just like that's all you're doing. So that's a full-time as, job. As an important as, as it is to me, it's also not attainable. And it's not, it's, it's, I won't be able to create recipes. I won't be able to be with my family. I won't be able to do those things. And it's like, if people can't see that and understand where I'm coming from, then, then they don't, they're not looking at things from like a full perspective. So, you know, that was one of those moments that you have to shift gears. And I did that. I have sat down with Clayton years ago and he was like, Alex, you're on your phone literally all night responding to DMs. Like, I appreciate that like you care and you're responding but, like that's literally not realistic and you yeah. have to stop. And so that it's was hard. a big turning point for me and so many other things over the years. I'm just like, okay, I used to be like, I need to create three new recipes a week. Like that was my thing. And now I'm like, some weeks don't look like that. And some weeks you just don't get it done. And it, it just is what it is. And so I've definitely given myself a little bit more grace and flexibility and just known like, People are still there and they're so excited when you do share a new recipe, but like, I don't need to put that pressure on myself of trying to just crank out content just for the fact of like a numbers game. No, I agree. I'm happy you said that because it's, you could easily put a lot of pressure on yourself, like answer every single DM, like make X amount of recipes a week, respond to every single comment, like post three times a day. Like, yeah, it's a lot. And like, no. you know, the thing with direct messages is sometimes like if I'm noticing the same type of message over and over and over again i'll like screenshot it and like do like make cue an and announcement it. Yeah. yeah like okay maybe like this is something people are wondering <laughs> but when it comes to answering all of them i like wish that there was just more hours in the day to do that because you always know once you answer one question it's never just like answer the question and then they get a response and it's over because they get so excited and i don't like to be talking and then just another question and then for another sure. question it's not just like an easy conversation That's yeah for sure not like a one-stop for reply. sure dms are like the best thing ever because i can't even imagine sharing on instagram stories without like no response like you want that connectivity and you want that that conversation back and forth but yeah. when there's that many people there it's impossible to have that conversation with everybody and so i think 
just as somebody with a social media page and if they're putting that pressure on themselves, like maybe you should reflect a little bit more about it and like think, you know, am I using my time correctly? And like, am I, do I have a healthy relationship with my social media account, you know, too? And it's like, you have to draw those boundaries to stay sane because it'll make you go crazy real quick. Very crazy. Very quick. I actually <laughs> joke. crazy before a few times. <laughs> I, I joke a lot that if I didn't have like run like Instagram as part of my job, I don't think I'd have social media. Yeah. Like I think oh, I would live sure. a social media less life. Yeah. Um, like I don't use Facebook. Yeah. I don't use anything else besides yeah. Instagram. And for sure. It's hard. That's also why I love podcasting so much because I, I came from another interview before that. I haven't been on my phone all day. Yeah. Like it's amazing. I yes. love days like this where I'm just having conversations and mm-hmm. like my phone's plugged into a wall over there and it's just nice to be able to like detach. Yes. I feel like live. every month, every year I get a healthier relationship with how I handle social media mm-hmm. because, you know, now Sutton gets home from school and like she's getting into where she's bringing home homework and like we have spelling tests and like, oh my gosh, I can't be answering DMs all afternoon because we have homework to do. We have reading to do. We have spelling tests to, to your babies. For, and I got to cook dinner for my family. So it's like, I've really tried to make it, make it a point. It's like, you know, I feel like this is, goes on so many different things. And this is something that I've always told myself because we all have to change in our lives. And like, if you have those people in your life that want you to like stay in this time capsule and that don't want you to evolve, then they're toxic for you. Like, I remember when I started my blog and I started getting involved in that, like some people were like, you know, like stay the same, hang out with me all the time, do this and that and this. I'm like, I want to, I want to run a business and I want to do this for me. And if like, you can't support me and understand that, then I, I, I can't just like be your friend from college for forever. Like I'll always be your friend, but I have a family now and I have a business now and I'm going to continue to change. And I, I try to look at my brand the same way. And it's like, at the end of the day, and I know your community is the same way. They support us so endlessly. And like, we wouldn't have our books without them. We wouldn't have all these things without them. And they lift us up so much and they get it. And they understand that we're moms and women and like, we have a life. And I think they respect that more than us just like being like, I'm cooking again. I'm like, oh, let's do all Mm -hmm. this. And you're just like, dancing with hula hoops on your Instagram page just to like yeah get attention and get engagement it's like I have like you have to let that go to make it work I feel like a hundred percent and to your point before with like like friends who like may not understand fully like what you do it's hard I think a lot of the time it looks a lot easier and more seamless than Mm -hmm. it actually is and I wish I could say I was just home all day in the kitchen and making recipes and that's it but there's so much like office work and behind the scenes mm-hmm. and like tracking invoices like I still manage myself so I'm like reading every contract doing the negotiations yeah. like I'm not sharing that because effing boring and like no one wants to like no, see a boomerang yeah. of like me reading a contract that's 10 pages long that I don't understand what it means but like <laughs> you know it's it's easy to just think that someone wakes up every day makes food edits it posts it but there's so much more to that but that's so also more, yeah. one of my favorite parts of instagram stories is that when they first came out I, like i was saying like i didn't wasn't excited because i felt almost pressure that there was like another platform that we like had to be on or like had to engage on but now i love them because sure. it's just like uncurated real content that exactly. like and you can talk there. to people about your feelings and your emotions towards everything yeah and- and get across that like those vulnerable moments and just be like, I'm struggling right now. And I know that usually I'd be sharing tons of pictures and like sharing recipes with you, but I like need a couple of days. I hope exactly. you understand. Thank you for understanding. Bye. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And just being able to talk to people because you are a real person at the end of the day is, is really comforting. <laughs> no, nice. definitely is. And even just from like a business standpoint with Instagram stories, it allows us to talk about products and things that necessarily wouldn't fit like the aesthetic of like the feed. Yeah. 
but like to be able to talk with them on stories, which I like love too, because there's other brands that aren't really food or fashion related that like I like sharing and I have for a passion sure. for them. But like, no, they would look ridiculous next to my banana bread. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you go, I like being able to show other things. For sure. Too. It's so much fun. Yes. Well, Alex, this was so amazing. I'm so, so proud of you. Congratulations you. I, for all your success. I can't wait for all your stuff and to be able to support you. you. I have a couple of like fireball-y questions that aren't like the quickest um, fireball types questions, but I really need to change the name of fireball. They're basically my five concluding questions. Okay. The first one, what is one wellnessy trend that you buy into? You know, I just started using like a CBD thing because I was like, I'm not getting into that. I don't think it's going to work. And I got um, this like, I guess it's kind of like a like a lotion or balm. Okay. And I I feel like I carry a lot of stress in my shoulders at night, and I'll put it on my shoulders at night, and I, it really helps me. I don't know if it's like in my head, but I like it. I'm into it. No, I mean so I'm into the CBD thing right now. I'm actually right happy now. you it's said that because I never did it with nursing, and then I just stopped nursing Ezra, and I haven't been sleeping very well, so I started taking this like sleep CBD capsule. And I'm sleeping like really well. Really? It's like this like thing from Garden of Life. It's so cute. It's like this purple little tablet. And it's just like CBD oil and I think yeah, like lavender. For sure. And yeah, it's not really helping. Wood. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I believe in it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> what is one wellness you trend that drives you crazy? Oh, what is that? There's a lot that drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I begin? Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. This is a tough one. I don't know why I can't think of something. Wait, what are some wellness trends right now? Um, celery juice is like always my example. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, I'm gonna have to go with celery juice on this one. I tried it. I did it one day. Why? Before you like ate anything? I I did it one day and I was like exploding. <laughs> True story. The TMI. Plus, it's way too much work. Getting out a juicer is a lot of work. No, it's and a it's lot such to clean. a mess. So much to clean. It's like it's way too much. So, and I just, I just can't imagine it being that beneficial. I'm sure it makes it makes you feel better, but like it can't be a life changing experience. <laughs> Kelly Levesque actually said it best, and this is like the fourth time I'm referring to this in, in an episode that she's on. But she said, you know, we've always known self celery is good for you. But it's not like a miracle cure. Like, yeah, yeah cel celery is healthy. It's literally like, not bad. We're fine. Yeah, but like you don't need to like drink it and yes. like overconsume it. Um, if you weren't running the Defined Dish and being this amazing cookbook author, what career path would you have wanted to follow? I feel like right now, if I could pick any other career path, I feel like I'd be like a really good like bereavement counselor. Oh my gosh, like, that's beautiful. <laughs> I would be a counselor. That's like what I would do. Or I'd that's like so nice. I, yeah, I'd work in like a school and be a counselor or something yeah. of that nature. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, when you were growing up, what was your favorite fast food chain and your go-to order? Oh, man. I love fast food. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say Taco Bell. I knew you were going to And I would... You just came out with I just did thing. the Trap Supreme yeah. with all the Siete burritas, but I, my go-to order there was honestly the Mexican pizza. Never number had four. that. <laughs> Real, oh, my God. You, know, you remember the number. <laughs> yes, for sure. Love the number four. Oh, so, my God. Yes. That's funny. And then the last question is, it's your very last day on earth. What are you eating from breakfast through the end of the day? Ooh, that's toughy. Well, I'm definitely going to have sausage for breakfast of some nature. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sausage? I don't even care. It just needs to be spicy. <laughs> I need sausage on my plate. Other than that, like maybe oh some gosh. like 
six minute, six and a half minute eggs, like okay. soft boiled eggs with like some sauteed spinach and sausage, which is pretty much what I already eat. I'm probably going to tell you what I already eat today. <laughs> That's perfect. So you're living every day to yes, the fullest. <laughs> for sure. For lunch, I do like a really good salad with like an amazing creamy heavy dressing, but it needs to have like fried chicken on top. Like chicken nuggets. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you. Um, What's your favorite creamy dressing? Oh, any creamy dressing. But I mean, I love a good Caesar or ranch. You know, anything creamy. Something like with a lot of fat in it. <laughs> um, and then for dinner, I would have some sort of Chinese food. Okay. Um, like even if it's just like chicken and broccoli, but I would throw some like jalapenos in there. <laughs> Do you like spicy food? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have no tolerance. For oh, you don't. Oh, no. man. Salt and spice girl over here. <laughs> no, I'll eat your leftover chocolate cake and you can have my like spicy. Thing. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, a spicy stir fry of any sort with like a super thick like brown sauce on it um, and lots of rice on the side. And I'd be good. And then I'll throw it a sweet just you for you. <laughs> so you don't need dessert every day? No. Like you don't need like a cookie I after honestly, dinner? Honestly, like sugar gives me headaches like immediately. But what about like chocolate? I like a dark <laughs> I know chocolate. It's sugar, I eat but... hue chocolate all the time. What's your um, favorite hue? Uh, the puffed quinoa. Are you going to go when you're here? I probably will. I know. I love it. It's so good. We should have but sat there. And I eat a lot of dark chocolate. That's like, I, but I could just like do a square and I'm like, good. I know. Oh man, I wish that I could do that. I literally eat but like an entire bar. If you bar put a day. bag of jalapeno chips in front of me, I will crush it in a minute. Like the whole okay. bag. Like, okay. I can't get enough of jalapeno chips. But um, for dessert, I'd probably do just like a classic warm, my mouth is watering, <laughs> chocolate chip cookie with sea salt on top. That's Sorry. my favorite dessert too. Like with a, sea salt? Yes, with oh, sea salt. Oh, she likes salt now. I know. On I a like, chocolate chip cookie only. only. On dessert. <laughs> I literally bought like a little flaky sea salt to put on like these like shortbread yeah. cookie bars I was Yum. making with chocolate. And they do add like a huge difference. So good. Um, I feel like a good bakery chocolate chip cookie with like a sprinkle of sea salt is like Perfect. my favorite. Yes, that's my favorite dessert the too. The one from Can't Le Mans here is really good. Their I've never had that, but I want to try because I've Levain. heard. Yes. But I don't know if you're going to go all the way to the Upper West Side, but Levine. Like tomorrow. Okay, I will. They're so good. They're like, oh my God. Whenever I was listening to you and Jordan do your last day of eating, I was dying because it was just like peanut butter bar, bananas. It was like all like, <laughs> like delicious, chip sweet day. I was like, this is the exact, you're like, you are the yin to my yang. We've said that yes. before. <laughs> I know. It's so it's true. But I did have to say, I think I said burger and avocado toast at some point. So yes, that's you my did. savory. Yeah, you got one savory in there. The burger's a yes. great choice. My snacks are perfect bars and bananas and peanut butter. Yeah, I'm four peanut. years old. Like I still <laughs> eat banana and peanut butter. Ezra and I, I have it. a very similar palate. I love it. Actually, he has a more eclectic palate, I should say, than I do. But that's a, we got these meatballs from this really cute pizza place. It's like artisanal pizza place in Hoboken called Cizino. And they have spicy lamb meatballs. I can't eat them. They're too spicy. Ezra devours I love them. Him. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> like, where do you come We're from? best friends. I know. Well, thank you so thank much. You. And thanks everyone for listening and tell everyone where they could find you. The Define Dish. At The Define Dish pretty much everywhere. Pretty amazing. basic. And my book is The Define Dish. Super <laughs> original. <laughs> and the second book is coming soon. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>